Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. We're going to continue the series, The Power of Love. Someone say The Power of Love. The points I'm going to give you today, all of them relate to loving God and loving His people. Many times we say, how do I serve God? Well, you serve God by putting Him first, getting into the Word, really. The end, right now, today, tomorrow, get into a Bible plan for this next year. You need a Bible plan. As a believer, you say, man, I don't know anything about the things of God. How do you get to know God? By reading His Word, spending time with Him. This way you can know what I'm saying is true up here. When I bring up Scripture, you said, did He make that up? No, you've read it for yourself. That's why we put it on screens. So today, the first one, First point, I'm going to go ahead and just give you the first point, and that is celebrate differences. Now, well, I will never promote putting culture before God because humans do that. You say, well, it's just the way we've always done it, or this is our tradition, or this is Mexican culture, or this is hey, maybe, hey, African culture, or this is Icelandic culture, or this is French culture, or Spanish culture, and those are beautiful. God gave us cultures. We come in all shapes and sizes and colors and heights and different eye colors. Some have afros and some have bald heads and dreads and some people paint their toenails and some don't and some people pierce their noses and some don't. It's beautiful. Some wear earrings and some don't. That's great. We celebrate differences. But never put your culture before God. The ways your family has done it, it's always got to line up with God's Word as a true believer. Let's go to Colossians 3.11, if you would, please. Colossians 3.11. Read some verses here. In this new life, I love this, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile. Remember, a Gentile is a non-Jewish person. If you were a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, He's talking to everybody because in the Roman world at that time, we're led to understand that possibly 55% of the world, of the Roman world, was a slave. Is that crazy? Which, that's terrible. Glad that's been done away with, but even there's, there's junk like that going on on the planet right now. But most countries have done away with that. So he's saying, whoever you are, wherever you are, wherever you come from, whatever your status in life is, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. And look what he goes on to say. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Did you know Jesus told his disciples before he was crucified, he said, love one another, and this way they'll know that you're my disciples. We got to start there. Man, folks go to church together and they're mad at each other and bitter. No, uh-uh. Love one another. He says, love each other. And then the, the world will, there's a song that says, they'll know us by our love. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. You can celebrate differences and still have Christ at the center. Next verse. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with what? Tenderhearted mercy kindness, humility, gentleness, man, and patience. How many of you know it's, it's much easier to accept someone's apology when you're humble? How many of you know it's much easier to give an apology when you're humble? Some people don't even accept apologies. That's crazy. You ain't got to deal with them forever. Move in with them. Just tell them you, you forgive them. Release them. You don't have to make them your best friend either. Not everybody's going to be best friends. Someone said that 
no matter how hard you try, one out of ten people aren't going to be impressed by you. At my age, who cares? Right? you got to get there. Make allowance for each other's faults, though. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive whom? Others. Praise God. Let's keep rolling. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. So you gotta, you got to walk in love, man. you got to walk in love. It's the power of God. The, the, the Greek word for God's love, remember there's different types of love. In English we just say love. But in Greek, there's multiple ways to say the word love. There's romantic love, friendship, family love, the love of God, which is agape. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace. Oh, and by the way, the Apostle Paul said, always be thankful. That's walking in love with God and others. I've given people stuff before and didn't even say thank you. I'm like, that'll be the last. I didn't do it for a thank you, but your attitude's wrong, so uh, that'll be your last gift. Can you imagine if God did that with us? So you didn't say thanks for the last thing, so I'm not answering prayers for you anymore. That'd be tough. Always be thankful. Always, always, always. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14.10. There are many different languages in the world. And every language has meaning. I think in this house there are folks who, who speak multiple languages. That is cool. Even beyond Spanish and English only. That's cool. Multiple languages. There are many languages in the world, and every language has meaning or significance, right? But what? Did I, is that the only verse I gave you? Or does that go on? But if I don't understand a language, I will be a foreigner to someone who speaks it. And the one who speaks it will be a foreigner to me. Let's just stay there. I think I only gave you verse uh, 14.10, and that's good. All the languages in the world have significance, don't they? God cares about the languages, we know, because he confounded the languages at the Tower of Babel. He's interested in languages, though. Did you know now they're still translating Bibles to make sure that every people group on the planet is reached? Why? So they can understand the gospel in the, what we call their heart language. Some of you dream in Spanish in here. Some of you dream in English. Some of you dream in maybe another dialect or maybe Portuguese. I don't know. You dream it. That's your heart language. I've had the honor of dreaming in three languages. That's amazing. I remember when I was exposed to German in Europe, I think I was talking in German in my sleep. I am not fluent, but I would dream about people speaking in German. And Honestly, most of my life has been spent dreaming in English, but once in a while I'll dream in Spanish. Very little bit, and that's, that's great. Languages are important. You've got to celebrate differences. Did you know I've met people that give other people a hard time if they don't speak their language? I always thought that was strange. I was with someone one time. We were in another country, and the guy told me, man, all they're doing is speaking gibberish around here. I said, you mean because they don't speak English? That's gibberish? Your English is gibberish to them. you got to celebrate differences. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. Someone say one whole body. All of us are part of the local body of Christ. There's millions of us all over the planet that believe in Jesus. You are part of the body of Christ. Many parts, but one body. So it is with the body of Christ. 
Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, probably most of us are, are uh, Gentiles in here. Look, at he's still speaking to the Roman era. He's speaking to them. He says, some are slaves, some are free. I believe everyone in here is free, praise God. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all what? Share the same spirit. God has always celebrated differences, but he says all of that is great, but you are one in Christ. Regardless of languages, all this is great. You are one in Christ. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. You are part of that body. That's a beautiful thing. So number one today, once again, is celebrate differences. I think you probably do that pretty well, I bet. Celebrating when someone's different, when their culture's different. And you know, the first thing we do, even as Americans, I can speak for Americans and say, they do it differently? Is that weird? Well, no, it's just different. It's just different. I remember one thing I couldn't get used to in Austria was, uh, that's at the heart of Europe, this is going on 20 years ago now, is they're always taking off their shoes to go inside the house. Some of y'all do that here because it keeps the floor cleaner. That's great. But I don't think to do it. We weren't raised doing that. So they take their shoes off. And I remember I'd go to preach at a place. I remember I was at a house church on the third floor. Beautiful wood floors. And I was the only one in there with shoes on. And they, I don't think they wanted to tell me anything. They were embarrassed. But that was the way they did things. And finally someone had the guts. Finally said, hey, Pastor Matt, when we come in, they said it real nice. When we come in, we take off our shoes, you know, to preserve the floor. And I went, oh, fine, you know. Probably had a hole in one of my socks. You know, I'm notorious for wearing different colored socks. Or I used to be. I don't do that anymore. Now that I have an amazing wife, I have all my socks match. But I remember back in the day wearing boots or whatever, and I have a, you know, a black sock, a white sock. I didn't care as long as there were socks on my feet. So who knows? But I celebrate differences. That's what God has called us to do when we're walking in love. Say, man, that's not just like me. They don't do it the way I do it. And learn to have mercy with people that do stuff differently from you. Did you know not everybody makes tortillas the same way? It's true. Now, there might be a right way and a wrong way, or they might, might be a way in your mind, or there might be, oh, man, well, I like them this way. My grandma made them a certain way, and they were more like Jewish bread, more like pitas. They were thick. Grandma sent us tortillas. But I've tasted other people's tortillas in here, and they're fabulous. Your mom's tortillas, great, different kind. They're great. By the way, the tamales were fabulous. Tell, tell mom thanks there. Those tamales were off the hook. Not everybody makes tamales the same way. Right? You may like other ones differently, but hey, celebrate differences. And people do different things, do stuff a different way for me. Look, if it's legal and moral, praise God, do it. And you're not hurting someone, do it. Even though it's a different way, celebrate differences. Let's go on to 1 Corinthians 6.20. 1 Corinthians 6.20. Look at this. For God bought you with a high price. Oh, yeah. Jesus shed his blood. It wasn't easy. You've read the story. You've read scripture. Some of you have seen the passion of the Christ. Jesus was bleeding out. He was dehydrated. He was mistreated. He was innocent. His bones were exposed. His tongue was swollen in his mouth from dehydration. His face was swollen. A whole garrison of Roman soldiers pulled his beard and slapped him and punched him. And all because he was come to save us from our sin and be the perfect sacrifice. God bought you with a high price. He suffered for you in person. So you must honor God with your body. My second point today is honor God's standards. One of God's great standards is loving him and loving others. 
One of God, God's great standards is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Treat others like you want to be treated. One of God's great standards is walk in kindness. One of God's great standards is forgive. Practice forgiveness on the daily. Honor God's standards. Let's go to Proverbs 3.9. Look at this. Here's another great standard. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Some of you are like, I'm not wealthy. You're wealthier than a large percentage of the world if you even have pocket change. You're more wealthy than, man, upwards of 85% plus of the world's population if you have pocket change. So honor the Lord with what he's given you. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. One translation says first fruits. That means give God the best, give him the first. You honor him, that's one of his standards. He says, give to me because it's all mine anyway. God himself said, he said, the cattle on a thousand hills, those belong to me. He said, the silver and gold is mine. Think God lacks anything? I've told this example many times, but I'm going to say it again because it makes me entertained every time. So if you don't find it amusing, that's fine. It amuses me. A guy texted me a few years ago. He says, hey, how are the church finances? I thought it was an odd question. I said, uh, fine. He goes, I'm going to make a, he called it that, I'm going to make a donation. I got with Barry later. I said, Barry, did he give us $80 million or what? He was checking on the church finances. He says, no, he gave $30. You think God needed that? We need the blessing. But I make light of it because it was done so strangely. How are the church finances? I'm going to give you $30. That probably helped a few people with hourly wage here at the church, and that's good. I'm not saying don't give, but the way it was done was strange, and it reminds me that God doesn't need my donations. His kingdom will, if I said tomorrow, baby, we're not giving anymore, which that wouldn't happen, my wife would say, you're crazy. But if I said, no, we're not giving anymore, I'm not going to give, I don't care. No, God would, God's kingdom would go on. He supports himself through people who give. But if nobody gave, God would be self-sustaining. Remember, he didn't need me, he wanted me. And in wanting me, he said, I want to bless you. Well, let me show you how. Parents spank their kids, don't they? And they should. If they don't, they really should because they're not smarter than God. You can't be smarter than God. At a certain age, they stop getting spanked. They start getting grounded. I really loved that transition. I was like, oh, man, can't y'all just go back to spanking me? No, no phone. No phone. I wanted the phone surgically implanted in my head at that point, I think. They're talking about doing weird stuff like that, so be careful. You've been called to honor God's standards. What are God's standards? Loving, giving, serving, obeying his word is the simplest thing. And you know the main standard of God's word that covers everything is Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. But the world's full of distractions, huh? There's some cool shoes out there. And there's some good-looking people out there. And whatever's been your distraction. And there are amazing phones out there. But man, I, I love it when in the Old Testament the Lord told his people they were being carried off. They were, they'd, they'd rebelled against him for centuries. And they'd worshipped idols. And he said, call upon your idols to save you now. Can you imagine me calling upon Netflix to help me? Eight hundred episodes in a row of something. Come on, that's imbalanced, right? 
I know, and it's overwhelming. There's so much on there. You're like, man, let me add that to my list. There's 8,000 shows I got to see this holiday season. You may not get to all of them, but remember, put God first, put God first, put God first. The things we put before God, even inadvertently sometimes, they cannot save you. They're very, very poor gods. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 10.31. Honor God's standards. I love this. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. He's talking about eating certain foods and not eating certain foods and drinking some things and not. Say, whatever you do, according to God's word, let let it be legal and moral, right? Say, this is illegal, but I'm going to do it to God's glory. I'm going to tithe on this drug money. That don't make no sense. No, no. You honor God by obeying the laws of the land. The only, the only law I will never honor is if they make serving God a crime. They tried to do that uh, during COVID. Said you can't meet together. What? I remember we, we were out in the parking lot. I told Dad, Dad, they're going to have to come arrest us because it's getting hot out here. We're going back. Let's go back in the church. And the parking lot services were great, but it was getting hot. And we'll serve God out in the heat, but this is still America, man. I'll serve him out in the heat and the cold. We'll meet under a shade tree or a palm tree or an acacia tree or something, a pear tree. But look, for now, we're going to serve God and say, man, well, if it's against the law, I'm going to, I guess I'll have to stop serving God. I had people telling me that. I'd bump into them out in town at stores and they're, I haven't been to church, you know, because of the mandates. I'm looking at them like this. But you're out. And bigger crowds in church. Our church, look at it this morning. We had a bigger crowd last week. But look at the crowd this morning and say, is there thousands of us? No, it's maybe 80 people in here. They go to Walmart. How many? You th- they got 80 people on aisle seven. <laughs> I can't even get through the aisle when I show up. I thought, I'm gonna, I beat the crowds. I get there and I'm like, I can't even get to the other side. They have as many people as here in one aisle. I'm going, oh, man. But they couldn't go to church. It was against the law, and it wasn't against the law. It was a mandate. They wanted to make you think that. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And don't you dare let the government give you an excuse to not serve God. Oh, I know, you know, it's, it's frowned upon. I frown upon it. What about what I think? What about what God thinks? Honor God's standards, man. Point two. I know I'm not very opinionated or passionate, but you'll just have to bear with me, right? Point three recognize boundaries. God has laid out boundaries. I love this. I've never preached out of these several verses here like this. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. This is actually one of my favorite verses. My favorite is Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God, right? But look at this, verse 3, Genesis 1-3. He says, let there be light, and there was light. I think I'm going to serve the one who created light instead of the government. The government can't even create a good economy. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, then he separated the light from the darkness. Boundary. Someone say boundary. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You are children of the light, Scripture says. Then God called the light day and the darkness night, and evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Let's keep going. Then God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. Someone say boundary. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. God called the space sky. 
And evening passed and morning came, marking the second day. That's beautiful. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. So do you see there's dry ground and then there's wet areas where the water gathered. Some will say boundary. Mm -hmm. God called the dry ground land and the waters seas. And God saw that it was good. Did you know God created boundaries? Look at that. Story of creation, Genesis, the book of beginnings. God created boundaries. First day of creation, God was creating boundaries. Right away. First thing he said, first thing that ever came out of God's mouth that was proclaimed as the word of God was let there be light. He created a boundary. One statement just like that. Let's go to Acts 17, 26. From one man he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. Women, don't get mad yet. We know. We were all born of a woman. But it started off with Adam, and then from Adam came Eve. And we, How many of you know he did way better with Eve than he did with Adam? All the women are all, yeah, amen, amen. But you're scared, so nobody said anything. You're not going to get in trouble with me. <laughs> I tricked you. What? No, man. Hey, women are amazing. You wouldn't be here without a woman, but you wouldn't be here without a man. Praise God. God works through men and women equally. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he what? Determined their boundaries. You know, it's a problem when your nation doesn't have boundaries. I'm not getting political with you, but that's a problem. Say, so we don't want any boundaries, but I'm going to put a fence around my house. Yeah, fences make for great neighbors, don't they? Keep their junk on their side. Their fleas on their side. Did you know at our last house, I, I do it now at this house too, but we were surrounded by dogs at our last house. We have dogs, but they're not flea-bitten varmints, right? But I, I would spray the boundary between my house and neighbor's houses because why? They didn't spray their dogs for fleas, and those fleas like to come over the fence. But when I began to spray the boundaries between our houses, the fleas in our yard stopped. We didn't have a problem anymore. How many of you know fences make for great neighbors? There's a dividing line. That's your stuff. This is ours. And your stuff's messy, so keep it over there. This is ours right here. This is a boundary. God created boundaries. You've got to be able to recognize boundaries. You say, now wait, Pastor. You've been talking about that for some minutes now. How do you walk in love with boundaries? Because I'm not going to show it up at your house at 11 p.m. at night and just open the door and walk in just because I, I say I love you. That's not love. I'm violating a boundary. Right? Man, we grew up on the south side over here on South Selman. And one day, I was about 10 or 11 years of age. You're going to love this story. I went and took a bath. Praise God. At that age, that was a rare event. I hated bass, man. Dad would be shouting to me from across the boundary of the door once I'd gone into the restroom. He'd say, you smell like a dead animal, man, and you're fighting me on a bath. He used to say that. I remember I went and took a bath, and I must, maybe some of y'all still do this, but I forgot to bring clean clothes. So I thought, well, nobody's here. I'm going to, you can fill in the blanks. I thought, nobody's here. So I remember our hallway, you come out of the restroom, 
and there was an in, just a little baby hallway across the hallway was the door. Why are y'all laughing? Baby, you ain't even heard this story yet. Huh? This is going to be powerful, baby. I've, I've always had this gift of charm. So look, right across the miniature hallway, see there was a kitchen this way, across the hallway, I'm walking out of the restroom, is the living room. So what did I do? I didn't hear anything, and I didn't think anybody was home, and I don't know where the family was, but I came out of that door quick as a flash, a white blur, and I turned and ran into my room and jumped into my room. And as I was turning around to close the door to my room, I looked, and one of my neighbors was in the living room. And he was like, he was staring at me like a calf looking at a new gate. He was going like this. And I don't know if I blushed or not, but I remember thinking, is he impressed? Is he embarrassed? Why is he staring at me? <laughs> I don't know who let him in. He was welcome in, but I just figured my family wasn't involved in that. I don't know unless someone let him in and forgot because he was one of my friends. Some of y'all, I don't think anyone's heard this story ever. God quickened it in my memory. He's still healing me. Get it out of your system. Go ahead, laugh it out. <laughs> no, I'm healed. I'm fine. Because he don't remember. His mind's been reset a few times since then, I think. But so I, and I remember thinking, who let him in and didn't warn somebody? But you know what I think? I almost said his name. I think he just came in the house and sat down in the living room. Violation of boundaries. You gotta recognize boundaries. You're gonna walk in love, man. I don't. I'm don't I don't just walk in your, your house. And see, Jonathan was learning boundaries a couple years before that. Dad took him visiting one time. Little bitty cute guy, looked like the boy version of Camila. <laughs> just cute, man. John was cute. Had a lot of hair, personality, but different from mine. Dad took him to visit in Denver City. Dad was pastoring a church over there, and Dad knocked on the door. And then Jonathan, I don't know where he got this. If he saw it on a Rambo movie or what. They didn't answer the door, so John starts kicking the door, says, come out, we know you're in there. <laughs> boundaries. John's gotten way better with boundaries now. I don't know if he still does that to Elaine and Ephraim when he goes visit, kick the door. <laughs> I know y'all are in there. <laughs> now, I've had people come to the house and you don't answer, and it wasn't even an emergency, and they're outside pacing. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> You want to walk in love, you learn to recognize boundaries. You don't just walk into someone's house. <laughs> Those commercials, they remind me of myself, where a guy walks out, you know, and he didn't know there was company there. That's not good. You got to learn to recognize boundaries. God created boundaries for a reason. He created boundaries to keep you healthy. He created boundaries for marriage. He created boundaries for friendships. He created boundaries for love relationships of all kinds. He created boundaries for people in the body of Christ. Did you know when you are a different part and you're different and you have a different role from someone else, that is a boundary. Let's go back over our points this morning on the power of love. Number one, celebrate differences. Learn to celebrate differences. Say, man, you're different from me. Praise God, that's cool. Not everybody's as interested in cultures as I am. I love languages, culture. I'm always trying to learn new words and different languages. I love it. I celebrate 
different looks, different skin tones, man, cultures, backgrounds. I hear people's stories, man, of their past life before God saved them, and I love it. I'm like, that's crazy. God delivered you from that. What a miracle, and I love it. All these differences, but God brought us here to be one in Christ. Number two, honor God's standards, remember? Put Him first, love Him, love others. That about sums it up. Put God first, and if you put Him first, you're going to love Him and love others. That takes care of your need to serve or your excuses for not serving. If you honor God's standards, that covers it all. Number three, recognize boundaries. You know how many countries have gone to war because one country did not recognize another nation's boundaries? They said, that's our backyard. You will get out or it'll be on, right? Say, why, why have I gone out in the yard when there's a disturbance? Or why? I remember a year ago, about a year ago, it seems like, I was at my house. And we're going to wrap this up, our former house. It was a Sunday afternoon. Jen was taking a nap, and I looked up, and there were two strange men in my backyard. And I sized them up immediately and thought, I can't take both of them. And I figured out they were cops. They were, one was tall, one was husky, man. I was like, oh, I'm in trouble. But I, I didn't know. I just saw the dark uniforms. I said, oh, boy. And then the guy knocks on my back door. Yes, in my backyard. Oh, sir, we were here. Sorry, didn't know you were home. We're making sure, is this your home? I said, yes, it is. He said, we received a call from your neighbor that there was someone jumped the fence and came into your backyard. He was concerned about it. I said, oh, cool. Well, thanks for coming. We're safe. But I said, that house next to us is empty, so you may want to check over there. So they went and did that. But it was strange to me at first, especially, I didn't know they were there to protect me. Why? Because they had violated a boundary. They didn't know I was home. They thought someone was an intruder. They said, we're making sure that you lived here. And they go, yeah, you don't fit the description of the kid that was jumping your back fence. I said, great. If I had, would I be in trouble, right? A boundary. Boundaries are important, and you've got to recognize boundaries in your love walk. Somebody say amen today. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. Let's pray today. One of the great boundaries, one of the great standards, one of the great differences in God's mind is whether he sees you as a sinner or a believer. Say, man, what is a sinner? Doesn't everybody stay a sinner? Aren't we all sinners? No, once you accept Jesus, you become a saint, according to Scripture. I didn't make that up. You're washed in the blood, Scripture says. You're washed by the blood of Jesus. That's a more modern iteration of it, saying I'm, I'm washed in the blood. Well, you've accepted the sacrifice of Jesus in faith, and you believe you're made righteous by his sacrifice, and you're made right with God. So you say, man, how do I cross over from sinner to saint? Not someone to be deified or worshipped or, or revered in that way. Maybe your perception of saint. A saint is a believer who serves God. Someone who puts God first. Scripture talks about saints. And that's us, actually. You say, wait, don't I need to go through these certain protocols to become a saint? No, according to Scripture, when you believe and you're walking with God, you are a saint and not a sinner. You were a sinner. Now, some folks in here today, at the sound of my voice, you may say, Pastor Matt, I don't know where I'd go if I passed away. If I died tonight, I don't know if I'd go to heaven or hell. I, I don't know if I'm right with God. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, 
If you need to pray that prayer with me, you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. This is a call today just for those who have never accepted Jesus, never made him the Lord of their lives. Would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray with you. You say, man, I don't know where I'd go if I died. God bless you. I don't know where I'd go. Raise your hand today. I'm going to pray with you. Let's all pray as a family. Someone repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Say, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and Savior and the only way. And I believe that he died and rose again for me. Thank you for your forgiveness, Lord. I am your child. I'm part of your family. I'm part of the body of Christ. Say, I believe, and it is so. In Jesus' name. And I want everybody to look at me. Go ahead and stand to your feet. If God touched you in some way this morning and ministered to some part of your heart today, go ahead and raise your hand and let's pray the blood of Jesus over you today. Father, I thank you for your people. I thank you for folks who are gathered here on a cold day. Thank you for folks that are gathered here and on the live stream, God, to hear the word because they say God's way is best. His ways and not my ways. He's the king of my life. I'm not the king of my life. It's his kingdom. I am his child, but I will also serve him. I thank you, Father, that you're revealing yourself to us through your word, through your plan, through your promises, through people around us, through life. And God, you're revealing yourself to us through serving. We know that we don't ever really change if we're not pressured in some ways, if we don't do things we're not crazy about here and there. And that all comes with serving. In serving in the community, serving at, at, at folks' home church, God, we know that that pressures the carnal parts of us, the fleshly parts of us, they go, I don't really want to help, or I don't, I don't need that, or they've got enough help. No, when I serve, it helps to change me because it helps to get me walking in humility. Jesus himself, the God of the universe, said, I came not to be served, but to serve. At that time when he came, he came to serve, and he did it, and he led by example. Now it's our turn to serve. He gave his life, it's our turn to give ours. Now, Father, speak to your people today. Show us what real love is. Give everyone a great Christmas week at work, at home, with family. Give them strength and unity and let them walk in honor as they honor your standards. I praise you today for your goodness. We thank you for everything you've done, God. In Jesus' name, somebody said, amen. amen.